thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. One people. <laughs> hey. I felt it first when I was younger. This is Brandon Heath. Yeah, it is. A strange connection to the light. And his song is called Your Love. Your love isn't God's love. I tried to satisfy yep. the hunger. So I never got it right. We're gonna listen to this for a minute. Right. Let the live streaming platform share out the show for ya. So I climbed a mountain, built an Hello, altar. Dr. Jennifer Fee. Director. <laughs> Did I already share out my own show? I can't remember. Every day I'm getting older. I'm running out of dreams. Yep. I'm running out of dreams. Alrighty, here we go. Your love. Your love. Your love. The only thing that matters is your love. Your love. It's all I have to give. It's your love. Light the darkness, it's your love, your love. All I ever needed is your love. Yep, it's all we ever really need, people, is God's love. That's right, people. You know the effort I have given. Yeah, he does. And you know exactly what it cost. And of course, as always, I should... Thank my bare face for uh, producing the show. There he is. That way. <laughs> your love, your love. The only thing that matters is your love, your love. It's all I have to give. Your love is enough. To love the darkness, it's your love, your love. All right, your light in the darkness. You're the, light. You're the hope in the morning, rather. <laughs> oh, I know. It's your love. You're the eyes to the blind man. You're the feet to the lame man walking. You're the sound of the people singing. It's your love. Yeah, your love. Your love. Hey, Sylvia Sulin, nice to see you. Your love. Your love. The only thing that matters is your love. Your love. It's all I have to give. Your love is enough. To light up the darkness, it's your love. Your love. All I ever needed is your love, your love. All I ever needed is your love, your love. All I ever needed is your love. Yep. All I ever needed is your love. All I ever needed. That's right, people. You know, actually, honestly, to be honest. It's true, you know. I have to tell you that when 
Christ came into my life. Um, that's what it was. It was his love that changed me, changed my heart, delivered me from the situation that I was in. And my life has never been the same, honestly. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean, nice to see you. Just a special show announcement right now, though. First of all, it's it's Saturday, August 24th, a Saturday night. And I want to let you know that tomorrow night, Sunday, Randall and I will not be doing a show Sunday night. Now, you're probably wondering why. How come you're not going to do a show tomorrow night? So, I'll tell you why. Because my one of my best friends is coming into town, and she's getting in about 6 o'clock, and she's only going to be spending the night, like literally spending the night for a few hours in the morning. She's got to leave. So, uh, so because she's driving, you know, hundreds of miles to get here, <laughs> We thought, well, it wouldn't be a good idea to do our show. It would kind of cut into the time. So what we will do is we will do the show. Should we do it Monday, Randall? Or you want to do it a different night so we can make up for it? Monday? Oh, Monday is the annual meeting of our HOA. So that's that's probably not going to wrap up until just after 8. Tuesday? Tuesday, I think that work i should i'm probably having them yeah i was invited to an event tuesday night but i'm not sure i'm gonna go hey before it gets uh too late i want to give a shout out to the people on twitch oh we've got three there were four viewers lost one Uh. i asked them where in the world they were watching from and so (laughs) apparently i was offensive to someone but (laughs) three viewers over there on twitch thanks for watching hey type into the chat there uh where you're coming from and you know, geographically. You know, I'm always surprised know. when people tune into the show. Yeah, so. <laughs> so we appreciate funny. We have 21 followers on Twitch. Yeah, we do. So you know, so. Woo-hoo. And we've only been on here, what, like a year? No, I don't know. No, how long. Twitch has just been a matter of like maybe a month. No, it's been more than a month. It hasn't been that long. It's been a few months. Okay. Yeah, it's been a few months. Yeah. I'm right, just so you know. Yeah, it's all right. It's not been a long time. It's not like a few months <laughs> not like a year or anything well anyway you know twitch people yeah here we are people <laughs> what other platforms are we on some live what is it the new one uh we're on mixer mixer dot we, bible we, news radio yeah mixer.com that's microsoft's um platform that's is gaining some steam it, just like twitch it's mostly live gaming and gaming shows, but there are some Sean talk says shows the Twitch there. screen is better. It probably is. Yeah. Yeah, well, then Periscope. Yeah, P- Periscope is only uh, 540 pixels vertically. So Then we got a couple of people on YouTube. 540, I should say. Yeah. Jeff and Barbara over there. Hello, people over there. All right, so... Um... <laughs> Wouldn't it be neat if we could just get you all in one place and it would show like 10 people watching the show all at once? <laughs> well, the, uh, the multicast platform that we're using does have an option somehow to to bring the chat streams together online, yeah. <laughs> but um, I haven't taken the time to figure that out yet. And, and so, you know, for me though, this show isn't about the numbers. It really, it really, no, it's, not. it's really not. And, 
if it was, I would be spending thousands of dollars to promote it all over the place because that's the only... Unless you're a false teacher or <laughs> you're somebody who is very sensational in your presentation about things and kind of like, I don't I don't know. It, it's You usually don't get a big following. You need of to course, scream more. Time has to do... Huh? You need to scream more. No, I need to talk about gossip more and people in the church being hypocrites and, <laughs> you know, false teachers and... And prophets, I need to call myself a prophet. That's what I really need to do. Prophetess, yes, that would be not me. But there are more Uh, than two (laughs) genders, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so, yeah, let's talk about that, okay? Really, you want to start? You you want to jump off with that? Well, okay, but first got to figure out when we're going to do our extra show. So Monday's out. Not going to do that. Tuesday? Tuesday night? We're going to fill in the Tuesday? I think I'm good Tuesday. Or we can well, just I, discuss it later and then we can let you know on Facebook. Yeah, I do need to touch base with another board probably okay. Tuesday night. So, so what we'll I, do but is... But I'd wrap up by 8. So well, we we'll, could go on like 8.15, something oh, like that. No, I don't want to do that. All right. So what we'll do is we will let you know when our other show is. Yeah, we will. <laughs> just so you know. But yeah, just unfortunately... Just so you know, actually we will. We will. Oh, shush. You know, he's mocking me. No, I think it's cool because there, there was a long time where, just so you know, was, you said that multiple times I during did. the broadcast. And I then did. it was, yeah, it is, or yeah, we do, or, you know, the the, the confirmation. <sighs> and that was actually, so, anyway, it's cool. We keep things interesting. I, I love yeah, it, I actually. Yeah, you mm-hmm. do? You actually mm-hmm. love it? Yeah, I you love do. you. Just so you know. Yeah, he I really do. does. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? One of the compliments we get about this show is that me and Randall are fun to watch because we're married. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in either by email, text, or whatever. Oh, that reminds me. I forgot to text my, my list. Maybe that's why not as many people are here. I forgot to text people. All right. I'm just going to come clean. Okay, people. So I got up. I went ahead. Don't worry. Faith comes right here. I'm going to go ahead and answer your question in just a second. But so we we got up. We went and played pickleball. And then afterwards, we were like wiped out. <laughs> and I took a nap, a two-hour nap. And literally, like, can you tell? It looks like I just woke up, right? See, I even have a mark still on my face because something like I was laying on it like this. Am I the only one that wakes up with stuff like creases on my face and then it takes a while to go ahead and <laughs> get out? Anyway, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so, okay, so there's a question. We'll get to this. Faith comes by hearing. How do we know if the number of souls saved? No one will answer that question. Well, you oh. know, it's interesting. Um, I think what we'll do is first share the gender shirt thingy because this is just funny okay i was just noticing on the the title what i was you know it was a hurry to get things done and i concatenated the title of the article which is 2100 people saved as socal harvest sees 28,000 in attendance and that's like way too long so i was going to short it to 2100 2100 people saved at socal harvest and i left the as i forgot to by the way barb said copy and paste i forgot to Replace the S with the T. Barb said, leave her alone. I like her and her Tracy-isms. 
Yep. <laughs> Tracy is. What is it with old people? No offense, Barb, but you're old. Come on. All right. So here's the thing. I don't know what it is at pickleball today. Ralph was calling me Tracy. I had a guest on the show. He was like my oldest guest ever. I think he was like in his 90s or something. He kept calling me Tracy the whole episode. And I'm like, should I tell him it's not Tracy? <laughs> Close. It's always old people, though. Older, more mature. Yeah. With failed hearing and dimmed eyes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not really. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I don't know what it is, though. It's you, always older people that call me Tracy. You, you need to be like... Laverne DeFazio and have a big S <laughs> on all of your clothing. I your have monogram. an L for Ladies of Justice. Well, then they'll call you Lacey, <laughs> so you don't want that. Uh, me, Lacey. Barb says, um, I've been praying for the wrong person, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess God knows, right? Um, <sighs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Hey, here's 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 a here's a yeah. handy tip to those of you who may be watching. Our names are right below our faces. Right there. <laughs> That's what makes it even funnier to me. <laughs> People will even spell my name wrong. They'll put an E in it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Drives me crazy. Is there an I in your name? No. Nowhere. No, no. Okay, anyway. All right, so let's get to this graphic, though. This, um, My friend uh, posted this, and I busted up laughing when I saw it because I thought it was funny. I'm trying to think of how to uh, put this up there. Well. Um, no, I'm not going to call it that. Hold on. <laughs> well, I'm trying He's to, got this. I'm Is trying it, to come up with you a... You can't see it. If you guys... I should. What I should do is I should... Do my Instagram story right now. That way you guys can see what he's doing. And we'll watch Instagram later because it's actually funnier. Wait, I'm going to flip this right here. Wait, hold on. Go ahead. Hands free. So more than two genders. Oh, now, see, now you messed it up. See, I'm over there too. There's three of me right here, people. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. So move that there and then we'll try to. So. Yeah, let's do it like that. Part of the fun of this show is is mocking people. I mean, that's part of it. It's not all of it, but it's some <laughs> of it. It's um <clears throat> All right, so this t-shirt is being sold on Amazon. There are more than two genders, okay? You know, we talk about the LGBTQ, ABCDEFG, AHI plus community, right? But the irony of it all <laughs> And somebody pointed this out, and I thought it was funny. It says there are more than two genders, but if you look over to the to the to the right of of the shirt, whoops, oops, yeah, yeah it's not well, gonna work, don't yeah. worry. If if you if if Bareface can move it over, which he can, you see right there, yeah, it there says we go. fit type. You know there are more than two genders, but it's only sold in men and women. <laughs> Uh, and of course, there's seven customer reviews on this particular one, um, and it says here, "Horrible and bigoted product." Uh, I tried to order this shirt, but it only comes in men's and women's. This is not accepting of the life I wish as a transgender pan succasu non-blueberry peeing that identifies as a polygon grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, here's the uh, here's the sizing chart here. But, uh, uh, and then and there's Justin. He does one triggered. He, <clears throat> one star says triggered, and it says, "Why does this shirt only appear for man or woman if there are multiple genders?" I feel triggered. 
I'm surprised you didn't say offended. Yeah. Then absurd, that's the next review. I love that the absurdity of this statement of highlighted by the fact that you must choose between two fits, men or women. Uh, and then stupid S shirt. This is another review. There are not more than two genders. That's one reason the fit options only give men and women. That's all there is. And then Joshua, he he gives it one star. He reviews it dumb. And then his review is stupidity. Um, and then Jarek's gives it one star and says missing genders i didn't find my gender baking <laughs> Bakling, backling like, i don't know and then chris gives it a one-star review that says sold in men's and women's sizes and the review is sold in women's and men's sizes so yeah there the irony of it all yeah so so if there are more than two genders people then why is the t-shirt only sold in men and women's hmm Thereby proving that the majority of the world, even in, on Amazon, agrees that there's two genders. So, and, and what would, I'm just curious, what, what, <laughs> what, what would a transgender shirt look like? Or a, oh. or a queer, or a questioning shirt look like? I mean, what would that, like, is, do we have to have, like, separate clothing categories for all this? I mean. You gotta see the related items here. Oh, the related items? Yeah. There are more than two genders. Size men, women, and T Rex coming soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <clears throat> does anybody else find that funny, or is it just me laughing at this? Because I kind of think it's funny. You know, they could do unisex, but then that would imply one gender, and uh, that wouldn't like. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, people, that was supposed to make you laugh. I mean, hello. It's Saturday. I think it's Saturday Night Live or something. Oh, the one with the uh, the shirt with the disco unicorn. That comes in men, women, and youth. Three sizes. So I guess youth is a gender. So there's three. I don't know that youth is a gender, but it's because there's no Y in LGBTQ, L, X, G, F, you know. Yeah, alphabet soup. Um, <laughs> we're so hateful. No, just, just have, we have a king grasp for the yeah, obvious. Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Barb says she has control issues. Don't we all? Yeah, we do. All right, so let's get to this lead story or lead story, depending on how you read the word L-E-A-D. All right, so the Harvest Crusade has been taking place. Do you want to play the video? And why does this have my mug up here? I don't know. Oh, because I grabbed the wrong one. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we should watch the video. Want to start with that? Yeah, I think that'd be good. Because, uh... Because it's cool. It gives This is the history of the Harvest Crusade. It started in 1990, like two years before me and Bareface got married. Well, actually, it was the year we met. Um, this is really cool. And the Harvest Crusade is still going on right now, even as we speak. It is probably probably happening, actually, because it's okay. Ready? When you're ready, go ahead and tell me when I can go like that so that it looks super cool that I did it at the right time. Well, um, I guess. Hold on, people. Hold on. There is an art to this. Ready, set, go. Okay. Why didn't it? Seriously. There it is. <laughs> <clears throat> 
name is Greg Laurie, and they've been writing him up as a man that is going to be the evangelist of the future, and he is. In 1990, led by evangelist and pastor Greg Laurie, and out of a desire to answer Christ's call to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the very first Harvest Crusade was held in Southern California. The concept was to present the top artists in Christian music in a neutral atmosphere, setting the stage for the proclamation of the gospel. They came for the music, but stayed for the message. You know that if you ask Christ into your life and if you turn from your sin, you can be forgiven. Love the you hair. know there's a heaven, you know there's a hell. Now what are you going to do about it? Yeah, what are By you going to do about it? By 2011, it was documented that more than 370,000 people had made a commitment to follow Jesus Christ at a Harvest Crusade. But that was just the beginning. Not willing to rest on past victories, Greg Laurie and the team praised God for his faithfulness in the past and prayed for new opportunities in the future. And in 2012, Harvest America was launched. Utilizing the advancements in web-based streaming technology, Harvest events were no longer confined within the walls of a stadium. Now they can be carried live into theaters, homes, and churches around the world simultaneously. Harvest America events have since streamed live from California, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Dallas, Texas, including 2016 from AT&T Stadium, which was deemed the largest one-day live evangelistic event in U.S. history. And now this August marks the 30th consecutive Southern California Harvest Crusade. 30 years of God's faithfulness, 30 years of changed lives. How many lives to be exact? For all Harvest events combined, a staggering 499,545 professions of faith to follow Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is joy in heaven in the presence of the angels over one sinner that comes to repentance. For 30 years, Harvest is still committed to answering the call, reaching the lost, the hurting, the hopeless with the life-changing, life-giving, redeeming power of Christ. The gospel is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> yeah, it is people. Isn't that great? I love that. I love that. I love it. 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 Because, <clears throat> you know, Billy Graham was the evangelist of my dad's era. And Greg Glory is the evangelist of our era. And actually, so is, I think, Franklin Graham. But Greg Glory is known the best for the Harvest Crusade. And last year... They were under attack in Southern California because they wouldn't allow billboards. This year, I don't know if there was any controversy. I didn't see anything, so maybe they, maybe the, the dumb bozos that were trying to come against it decided, you know, it was kind of stupid, just saying. Yeah, someone took offense to that, yeah. the sort of, sort of like a stamp image of Pastor Greg holding what appeared to be a Bible. That was offensive to them. That appeared to be a Bible. Yeah, it did. Yeah, even less than that appears to be a Bible. This is a Bible. It was just, um... It's all taped up because of the cover. It's all old. This is like a 30... Wait, no. It's not 30 years old. How old is this Bible? This Bible is... 20 years old. 20 years Almost old? Almost 21. 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you gave this to me on my 20th, 30th birthday? 30th yes, birthday, yes, yeah. I think I've already shared this, but yeah. See, 30 years... 30 years of me reading this Bible. Yep. And I had to tape up the cover. It's all. Because, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. 
So here's, you know, I don't know if the person's in here who asked the original question, how do we know that these people are saved? We don't, you know. But what I can say is that um, it is cool that that people come to an event to hear a message of hope and the gospel. I mean, the actual gospel, not like the fake gospels, you know. And you know somebody's saved by the fruit in their life. Like, here is a surefire sign that somebody is born again, in my opinion, okay? For what it's worth, you can take this and, you know, a dollar and it will get you nothing, really. But this is what I think. I think that if you are born again, the, you'll have a couple of things happen to you no matter what. Number one, you'll have a hunger and a thirst for God's word. Uh, you will want to be in God's word and the Bible and to read it. You'll want to study it. You won't, you won't have enough time. You know, you will be like craving it. You'll be wanting to read the word of God and understand it. And you'll, you'll be like, yeah. And then the other thing is you'll want to be in fellowship with other believers and you'll start getting convicted of sin that you, you know, things before that you thought were, you know, you didn't think about, like they didn't, it didn't bug you. Let's say swearing as an example, let's say you didn't, you swore before and then you got saved. If all of a sudden swearing doesn't start to bug you, then I would be like, are you really saved? Because it should. <laughs> uh, so you would be convicted of sin. And I think that that conviction is evidence of um, your salvation as well. Just a, you know, that's my that's my my thought on that. I don't know, Bareface, you have any more deep theological, in-depth Bible study thoughts on that? No, just as, as James points out, you know, you show me your faith without your works, I will show you my faith by my works. You know, faith is an ultimately, you know, an inward thing. Inwardly, we place our faith in the Messiah, Christ, for our salvation. So, but, you know, the Lord himself, the Messiah, said, you shall know them by their fruits. I mean, we, and just like baptism is an outward sign of an inward occurrence, you know, it's about being identified with, with Christ, with Messiah. Um, same way, yes, there ought to be some fruit in our lives. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We read in Galatians 5, so... Um, can we be, you know, the judge of all the earth? No, we can't. <laughs> nah. We can't. Um, we can't say for sure, with you know, uh, you know, absolute God certainty that someone's life is, um, you know, they've placed their faith in Christ. Uh, but again, there are plenty of uh, indications of Holy Spirit indwelling. And we were given some guidance that when people are not are not are not exhibiting that fruit, that we are to, for example, in Galatians, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. That um, you know, and in First uh, Corinthians six, um, well, five actually, you know, about judging those who are inside. The church, whoever names themselves, you know, a brother or by implication, sister, someone who names himself to be a believer and isn't uh, exhibiting fruit bearing repentance, 
then we have the not only the right but the obligation to judge in that case to judge that something's off and and uh, endeavor to restore such a person yeah does that help you cutie lady i know you asked us to repeat it but just wanted to know if that helps does that help by the way hi mama gina just nice to see you there and uh um I think I already said hi to everybody else. Okay, and remind me your name. Dang it, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot it. It helps. Okay, what is wrong with me? Remind me your name, cutie lady. I totally forgot. It just like poof, went like out of my head. Don't judge. Okay, all right. At least I'm honest about it. I'm like, what? Did, I forgot your name. All right, so I'm going to read the article here that's tied to the, the, the video. It says here, 2,100 people saved as SoCal harvest sees 28,000 in attendance. Um, uh, Mile, Mile's not your name. Mine is probably what you meant, right? Okay, so it says here, um, uh, let's see here. Well, I guess there's... I guess, I guess that's basically all it says. Yeah, not much. Yeah, Gives okay. Gives stats for the latest. Right. Well, anyway, so that's it, people. And that's good news, you know. And, you know, here's something I want you to think about. Because this is, this is about learning to discern the spirits. A lot of people will, will, will blame things. And they'll say that they're under spiritual attack. And, and that they are, um, you know every bad thing that happens to them is because the devil's doing it to them and they're attacking and stuff. Well, you know, Greg Laurie, uh, actually it was a number of years ago, unfortunately, his son died in a motorcycle accident, I think it was, on the, the 91 freeway, or maybe it was, yes. it was 91, yeah. I remember because I blogged about it, and I mean, I remember my, my blog got like slammed with with traffic as a result of it, but a lot of people will say so many things, bad things are happening to people because they're godly people and, you know, the enemy is out to kill everybody who's super godly. And yes, maybe that's true to a degree. But I would say the average Joe Blow Christian, the devil doesn't even give a crap about. And the reason why I say that is because they're not being effective for God's kingdom. They're not doing anything for God's kingdom. They're not sharing the gospel with anybody. Uh, they're not living a holy life. They're not... Um, they're not studying God's word to show them, themselves approved. They're not even praying, really. But they might get on Periscope and call themselves a prophet, and then all of a sudden something happens. They stub their toe, and next thing you know, they're being attacked by the devil because of it. And I don't know about you, but that drives me nuts. It really does. So just that was for free. Well, I think that leads us uh, into the article from My Christian Daily. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good segue into that article. <clears throat> About, um... Uh, About the crisis of faith we're seeing? Yeah, so let's read that. Let's um, do that. Okay. I think it's a great idea. I need to bring it up here because I shut it by accident. Uh, well, well I can there? pull yeah. it up on the... There it is, right there, okay. <clears throat> All right, so here it is, people. You're not a prophet, Okay, so this is titled, The Crisis of Faith We Are Seeing in Today's Christians. And it says this, 
There's a crisis of faith formation in the modern church. It has produced a generation of Christians with an emotionally based faith that is ill-equipped to respond to the intellectual challenges and objections raised by an increasingly secular society. The recent faith renunciations of several high-profile Christians are indicative of an endemic lack of rigorous philosophical and theological grounding. Four weeks ago, Joshua Harris, pastor and author of I Kissed Dating Goodbye, announced in an Instagram post that he was no longer a Christian and that he and his wife of 20 years were separating. More recently, Marty Sampson, the prolific Hillsong songwriter and worship leader, also announced his loss of faith on Instagram. By the way, I will tell you that Hillsong's got issues. Brian Houston, many believe, is a false prophet. And I actually had an, I actually had an opportunity to interview him. Brian Houston, that is. Um, and, uh, and the interview fell through and I'm actually really glad now that I never did it, but that's, you know, just, as, just as an aside. Anyway, these two instances are merely the tip of the iceberg of a, of a problem that has been brewing for decades and which is now reaching crisis point. The level of theological understanding of the average Christian today, as well as their ability to defend their faith with articulate, robust theological answers is significantly diminished compared to 30 or 40 years ago, <laughs> or even 100 years ago, to be honest, but still. Uh, for, those of us, for those of us who have been Christians for more than a few decades, the difference is stark and quite frankly, shocking. And the problem is not confined to the Pentecostal church. It's endemic across all denominations. What has changed? What are the key antecedents of the crisis? I nailed that word, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, there are some words I just can't say. <laughs> but I got that one. You're all proud of me, aren't you? Yeah, anyway. The issues highlighted by Marty Sampson's Instagram post provide a window into several key elements of this crisis. Firstly, Sampson reveals a disengaged faith. He claimed that, quote, science keeps piercing the truth of every religion, unquote. Mm -hmm. That's such BS. Yeah. He, that right there, that one quote shows he doesn't know what he's talking about. But anyway, whatever. Here he seems to be buying into the classic, quote, faith versus science narrative. The idea that science and faith are somehow diametrically opposed. This is the classic premise promoted by atheists and evolutionists, but it simply isn't true. It was never true historically, and it's still not true today. There's a huge number of prominent PhD scientists around the world who regard the scientific evidence of the physical universe as overwhelmingly supportive of belief in a creator God. Sadly, Samson seems ignorant of this. It is clear that the teaching he has sat under for many years has never adequately addressed the issue. That would be Brian Houston's teaching, by the way. <laughs> His Christian education has apparently been disengaged from such practical issues, a faith bubble that has not engaged with the intellectual challenges raised by science and philosophy. And, you know, I always go back to Isaiah in the first chapter. You know, the first chapter of Isaiah, we see the Lord saying to his person, to his people, come, come, let us reason together. And then he goes on, he talks about what the, what he wants to talk about. And here's the thing. If God wasn't rational or reasonable, why would he engage his people intellectually in the first place? He wouldn't. He'd just say, you know what? You got to love me and, and got to believe and just buy, have that belief, people. There would be no evidence that demands a verdict because God wouldn't really care. Bare face. And what is um, Peter's exhortation or his admonition in his first epistle? 
to, uh, for to, speed three fifteen to show ourselves to no to be ready ready to, to give give a reason a reason <laughs> some translations answer the the <clears throat> Greek word there is apologia which, which means, means apologetics some, right which basically. means out of reason not not separated from reason but you know born out of reason coming forth from reason uh, we're supposed to not give a feeling for our the faith or the hope that we have or uh you know uh a subjective anecdote for why we believe what we believe but we're ready to give an answer an apologia a, a reason uh, a logic-based response uh for the hope that we have and you know what what very well big huge fake christian denomination out there actually will tell you you need to testify to the burning in your bosom, bosom. <laughs> it's very subjective that's it's, the it's, that's all the proof i need right and that's the mormon church right so yeah. which is a cult and don't hate me for saying that but it is okay it is um so you know so and that's the thing too is and there's that, a clear conflict between the pur purported history in the book of mormon and actual history but which is a show for another time but yes. what what i will say is that no honest true seeker of christ uh if you choose the scripture the holy bible and you look and you try to disprove this book if you're honest if you're honest intellectually right, honest you'll become a believer because like josh mcdowell you know was an atheist uh, Josh McDowell is is one of the world's most renowned Christian apologists around. He wrote the book Evidence That Demands a Verdict, uh, like over 30 years ago. There's numerous updated versions of that book. And he literally goes through, like, you know, he he set out to disprove God, just like Lee Strobel did and C.S. Lewis and uh, Simon Greenleaf, who, Simon Greenleaf's story I love, because Simon Greenleaf was a professor of law, and he... Uh, was challenged by his law students to go, well, all right, if you're so great, why don't you look at the Bible or let's just do the testimony of the four evangelists, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? So Simon Greenleaf's students challenged him to take the evidence as laid out in the Gospels and then try to disprove Christianity, and he couldn't. In fact, he became a believer because when he looked at the evidence that was there, he could not become a believer. And so Simon, Lee, uh, Simon Greenleaf School of Law, which is actually in Southern California, you know, that was established. And, you know, his, his work, uh, his apologetic work is, you know, is great. I mean, you should, you should read it. But, I mean, there's, like, not just a handful of Christian apologists. There's a lot. I mean, there's way more than that, you know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, continuing with this article, secondly, Samson reveals a theologically uneducated faith. He claims that no one talks about the apparent contradictions in the Bible. Well, apparently, he doesn't listen to us or other people that do shows like this. Exactly. Or the apparent conflict between a loving God and the existence of hell, which is so easy. That, that right there, that is so easy to explain, but whatever. Of course, it simply isn't true that no one is talking about these issues in churches where deep theology is faithfully taught, churches which dare to go beyond the easily digested, you are awesome and God has a wonderful plan for your life, diet of teaching. These issues are being addressed at depth. Christians who are fortunate to be in such churches are helped 
uh, to develop an intellectually robust, theologically sound faith that is able to articulate clear answers to these and other complex issues or questions rather. Sadly, Samson has apparently not been in such a church or perhaps he was absent on those rare occasions when these issues were addressed and equally sadly, he was by no means alone in this. Let me ask you, when was the last time you heard a sermon that offered a robust apologetic for the existence of hell? I can't actually say I have ever heard a sermon on that from a pastor I've sat under. I have radio, internet preacher types, but never actually a pastor I've sat under. Just, but, you know. Or that examined the nature of hell as an extension of the severe justice and love of God. Or that dealt with the many apparent contradictions in the Bible and reconciled these apparent contradictions with a more mature, complex understanding of the inerrancy of Scripture. Christians who haven't had this kind of theological education will have their faith seriously challenged when they counter an intelligent atheist who can spout off one apparent contradiction after another. Uh, I mean, there's YouTube, people. <laughs> there's plenty of YouTube yeah, videos is. of Ravi Zacharias. You, right. can, you, know, uh, you want to get smart, listen to Ravi. Just saying. Greg Kogel, standtoreason.org, str.org. There's... Josh they McDowell's. aren't making stuff up. I mean, Josh McDowell has great YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm trying to get him on the show. My contact has not gotten back to me on that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> for example, contradictions regarding the time of the crucifixion between the Gospels of Mark and John, which Jesus had taken to Caiaphas for his trial, Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, or to Annas, John, was the color of Jesus' robe bread, Matthew, or purple? That's in Mark and John. Did two criminals abuse him on, on the cross, Matthew and Mark, or just one, Luke? Did Jesus make no reply even to a single charge, Matthew, or did he reply three times, John? And what, what about the completely different wording of the sign nailed on at, to the top of G Jesus' cross in all four Gospels? People really think those are contradictions? No. Actually, I, without even going into the detail, I, and I'm not like a Bible scholar by any stretch, I can answer all of that. It's a point of view. It's an eyewitness point of view. And just like any crime scene, you get three or four different witnesses giving you an eyewitness view. That's all it is. And here's the thing. Think about this. If, it, if all the eyewitness testimony, let's say, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were exactly identical and the same, that would put high suspicion on it as being as those people collaborating with one another to make it look that way. Ask any, uh, like Jay, Jim Warner, who I had on here, and actually I'm trying to get him on again. Um, you know, ask Jim. He's a homicide detective. He would tell you that if you have all these witnesses to an accident, you know, and they come and they give you the same story, there would be something fishy about that without different evidence. Um, and it's the same thing here. It's easily answered if you just think about it. I mean, do you agree with me or no? Uh, I totally agree with you. And oh, good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when my husband agrees with me, that makes me feel good. I mean, contradictions. <coughs> Was Jesus taking the Kai's first trial or Annas? Yes, both. Because yeah. <laughs> Caiaphas had been the high priest, and Annas was uh, his replacement. 
by the Roman government. Was the color of Jesus' robe red or purple? Well, the one that the soldiers put on him was purple. And it says they put it on him and they put the reed in his hand. They mocked him and they took that off and put his own clothes back on. And when he was lashed, you know, uh, when he was flogged and, you know, brutally flogged, as flogging is, he bled a lot. And his, when they put his own clothes back, certainly they were stained red with blood. His own clothes, you know, the robe that he read, read when he was let out by Pilate to the crowd, it was red. But the one he was mocked with, that was purple. That was temporary. That, and uh, did the two criminals the... abuse him on the cross? Or no. just one? Yes, two did. And, and one after seeing, like, you know, he said, behold, he prays for them. He says, you know, Lord, forgive them for them. Now it is. He's like, okay, I've, maybe this guy really is. Who he claims to be. Are they saying he is? And he changed his tune. Like, that never happens. Um, and, or, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Did two criminals abuse him? Okay. Or uh, did Jesus make no reply even to a single charge, Matthew? Or did he reply three times, John? Well, when, <laughs> clearly says, when the witnesses came forth, the false witnesses, he didn't answer them. But when, when the priests realized that there were no, the, the, that the they couldn't find witnesses to corroborate the witness, you know, because you know by the mouth of two or three witnesses everything established according to Deuteronomy, and they couldn't, they couldn't, and he's like, we were hoping to find witnesses against him. Then the priest illegally questions him to right and to, Jesus to, to accuse himself, and, and he answered the high priest, but he didn't respond before because because according to the law he shouldn't have, right? So it's yeah. Anyway, anyway. And about the completely different wording of the sign nailed to the top of Jesus Christ in all four Gospels. I mean, they contain the words that were there. Well, um, yeah. Anyway. Well, let's finish reading this. Some contain more detail than others, but none of them say uh, completely different things. So... This, this article goes on to say there are answers to these and literally dozens of other apparent contradictions within the Bible. Answers which require that we develop a more sophisticated view of the inerrancy of the Bible. But if you haven't been in a church that deals with biblical theology at any depth, you will be ill-equipped to deal with these issues and could have your faith seriously challenged when you encounter an intelligent skeptic. And then there's a book mentioned here. Thirdly, Samson expressed the opinion... That lots of things help people change their lives, not just one version of the truth. In stating this, he re, re, he reveals a self-focused relativistic faith. Soci sociologist Christian Smith refers to this as a moralistic therapeutic uh, deism. To put it more simply, self-fulfillment is the primary focus of this kind of faith, and a relationship with God simply becomes a means to that end. Sadly, this subtly redefined view of faith is what many churches today are promoting it Badly. is it is a me-centered gospel where the primary goal of my faith is defined as finding and fulfilling my awesome destiny in christ unlocking my potential reaching my fulfillment and living a life of victory consequently if this is one's concept of faith then the value and validity of that faith is primarily assessed by whether it achieves the goal of self-actualization rather than by absolute truth and objectively verifiable evidence such as the resurrection of Christ. Marty's comment about not just one version of the truth reveals this kind of relativism. Ultimately, any truth 
is valid and valuable provided it achieves the desired result, my own fulfillment. Can I interrupt here? Absolutely, Bearface. That's why you're here. Without you, this show wouldn't be great. Just what? saying. I think you're awesome. I mean, yeah, just that phrase reveals super relativism. Cute, I, might I, agree. I might add. What? One version of the truth. Well, if there are multiple versions of truth, then there isn't any truth at all. You know, one version of the truth. <laughs> Again, that, that, that makes no sense. Something is true or it isn't. If there's multiple versions of the truth, then the, the, the thing is not true. Or one of the versions is true and the others are falsehoods. I mean, 1 plus 1 equals 2. You can say that it equals 3 or 5 or 9 or 17 or whatever. Those aren't different versions of the truth. Those are falsehoods because 1 and 1 are 2. Um, you know, to say, you know, just one version of the truth, not just one version of the truth. Well, either they're all falsehoods or one thing is true and the rest are falsehoods. There can't be multiple versions of the truth. That's this, that's well, there can if you're a relativist. I know, but it's just, it's just logically incoherent. Why even use the word truth? If, if you're going to describe it as multiple versions, why even introduce the word truth? Because truth has no meaning. To say multiple versions of the truth, I guess because it, it, it resonates better. Subjectively, it sounds better. I'm talking about truth. It's my truth. It's your truth. It's their truth. There are multiple versions. Well, the truth doesn't mean anything. <laughs> There's multiple versions of it. It's like, why even use the word? Anyway, I just call it, why not just say this makes me feel good, that makes you feel good, that makes them feel good. Don't say my truth, your truth, their truth, because then truth is is meaningless. Don't even use the word. It's, 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 an, aff it's an affront <laughs> and, uh, you know, defacing of the word truth. How do we know what you're saying is true? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I couldn't anyway. resist. I just had to say that because I yeah. thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, no, that re that reminds me when I was in grad school. I've shared this before, but if you're new, hey, this will be brand new to you, just like my foot foot joke. But I will. I'll, I'll spare you that for now. But anyway, the um um when I was in graduate school, earning my master's in science, a science, a master's of science degree, yeah in the, the field of clinical psychology, uh, I had a professor who uh, taught marriage and family therapy. And we were in a class one day and we were debating the topic of abortion and whether or not abortion, uh, you know, if a client came in and they wanted to have an abortion, you know, what would be the proper way to counsel that person if they believed that it was perfectly fine to abort the baby. And anyway, I'll never forget this because I was in my early 30s at the time and the majority of the other students in this class were 18 and they're mostly in their 20s so they're considerably younger than me. Most of them had never been married and um, so they didn't have any type of um, <clears throat> even maturity and relationship in, in, in that regard and I am going to say that because you know in order to be married for any length of time you got to have some type of maturity in relationship if you're if you're um you know if you if you're in a good marriage okay anyway so the professor um was ardently relativistic at this christian school and 
And I took it upon myself to debate him because I felt like it. <laughs> because he was basically saying me as a therapist, well, you know, I have to buy into the BS that the, the client is saying that if this is their truth, then it's, then it's valid. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know, where, you know, and I threw out to him, I said, okay, if I believe according to my worldview, which is, this is a worldview issue that it's perfectly fine for me to go ahead and, and take some, like, say I go to the mall and there's a kid there that's two years old walking with its mom. I think it's perfectly fine to kill that baby, that two-year-old, just because, right? You know, and I go and I murder that baby. And he's like, well, that, well, that would, you would end up in jail. I go, why? If, if I agree, I mean, if it's, I believe it's perfectly fine to go murder that kid, who are you to tell me that, that you're wrong? that I'm wrong. And he's like, well, that, you know, according to the law, you know, the laws that are on the books, you can go ahead that you would go to jail. And I, and, and I said to him, I said, you know, let me ask you something. And he said to me, okay. And all the class is watching and they're getting irritated because I debated him for quite a while. But I asked him, I said, okay, let me ask you, Mr. Smarty Pants. I didn't say that, but I did think it probably didn't, <clears throat> but I do now. I said, and where upon the law in our in, in America, exactly the law in America, what was it actually established by? I mean, where exactly did the law, where did we get the ideas for our law? Here we did. The Ten Commandments, people, is where we got the, the idea for our law. It, it, came from, it, it came from God. And so I actually had to school this professor on, on the difference between relativism, which is what he was teaching the class, and absolute truth. There is absolute truth. The absolute truth is that there are absolutes in truth that apply to everybody. That's what that means. Meaning, you know, murder is bad, right? You just go around and murder people. Uh, that's bad. God sees that as bad. You shouldn't be doing it. Just saying, right? Murdering babies in the womb is bad. Absolute truth. It's evil. <clears throat> you should not be murdering babies, period. I don't care who you are, right? But, and, and what did he say after that? What do you think he said? He said nothing, actually, and changed the subject, thereby proving me the winner of the debate. Yes, let's hold my hand up. Yeah. Now, the point is, is that even in, in being taught as a therapist that I'm supposed to toe the party line of relativistic BS, I was like, I don't think so. Because <laughs> that's not good. It's not, you know, you got to think about it. I mean, if absolute truth didn't exist, why the heck do we have signals, people? Why do we have laws? Why do we have any of this if it doesn't apply to everybody, right? If you're going to drive... Uh, yeah, there's a speed limit. If you get a ticket, why? Because there's absolute law there that we're all supposed to abide by. And if you don't, guess what? You get a ticket. Of course, if you're smart, you'll get legal shield and hopefully they, that will help you get the ticket written off. But anyway, <clears throat> drives me crazy. All right, I'm trying to find the article again. Okay, so here we are. How much longer is this article? Oh, good. It's not too long. Okay. All right. So, uh... While it's true? Yes. While it is true that God wants to bless his people and he promises that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purposes. Whose Romans, purposes? Uh, according to his purposes. Uh, 
Romans 8, 28. This is meant to be the byproduct of our faith, not the focus of our faith. While Jesus did on one occasion say that he had come to give us abundant life, the overwhelmingly consistent focus of his call to discipleship was his uncompromising demand for self-sacrifice and complete obedience to him as Lord. By the way, how many times have you heard somebody say, yeah, I'm a Christian, Jesus is my Savior, and they never say Lord? That right there is a red flag, just so you know. Uh, he repeatedly demanded that his followers deny themselves, take up their cross in order to follow him. He required great sacrifice of his closest followers. They had to give up their businesses, leave their homes, and in some cases sell their possessions and give it all away before they were permitted to follow him. They were commanded to seek first the kingdom of God rather than their own fulfillment. One of the problems with the me-centered gospel is that it only works well as long as everything is rosy in one's life. But as soon as life now, but as soon as the wheels fall off and you encounter significant hardship of some kind, you can easily decide that Christianity doesn't work, or you can say the devil's doing it, yeah. um, which really has nothing to do with really in that case. But anyway. When the self-actualizing hype that is fed to people from the pulpit doesn't align with their experience of reality, they conclude that Christianity isn't true. This is why so many Christians seem to flourish for a while and then fall away. Sounds biblical. Sounds like the parable of the, of the sea or yeah. the, the soil. It is the parable of the so sower coming to life in our own times. And my response to those who conclude that Christianity, quote, doesn't work, unquote, is to say, I agree, your version of Christianity, Christianity definitely doesn't work because it's a false gospel. Jesus did not offer a sugar-coated promise of triumphalism. He said, in this life, you will have many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world, John 16, The overcoming that he speaks of here is not the absence of problems and heartache and pain, but the promise of his abiding presence with us through those troubles and ultimately our deliverance from them in eternity. My heart breaks for the Marty Sampsons and Joshua Harris's of our world, people who have been raised on a superficial diet that lacks theological depth and which leaves them perplexed and shaken when they finally confront the intellectual challenges and hard truths of the real, wor real world. In his book, The Fabric of Faithfulness, Steve Garber wrote that the reason why so many young Christians lose their faith is that their worldview isn't big enough for the real world. He laments the fact that the church has neglected the intellectual faith formation of a whole generation of Christians. I, I just have to say this, and maybe, maybe people won't like it, but and maybe I'm a crotchety old middle-aged woman, but this is what I think. That's no excuse. I don't give a crap that these churches aren't teaching theology. If somebody cares enough, they'll go out and find it on their own, right? I mean, I did. You know, that's why Christian radio exists. And there's some good, solid Christian theology out there. That's why libraries exist. You could go there and find books on theology. You know, they're, they're in my opinion, if you want to know something bad enough, you got to be responsible enough to actually go and do the work to discover it for yourself. That's why I like K. Arthur, K. Arthur's ministry. You know, discover it for yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. You don't get it. I mean, when I was a baby believer, guys, when I first got saved, I was reading the Bible, and I went to my uh, youth coach, who is 10 years older than me at the time, so I guess she was in her early 20s at the time, raised in a Christian home, and I read the Bible. I had a million questions. I drove her up a wall, actually. It got to the point where 
<laughs> or she answered me and she's like, you know what, Stacy, just keep going back and reading the Bible more and you'll get your answers eventually. You'll, you'll, it'll show up. And she was right. It actually did show up. And eventually, you know, I did learn about Christian apologetics and I, I learned, I, I listened to Christian radio, uh, the irony of it all. Right. Um, and I ended up getting some good solid teaching and I was like, oh, wow, there's, there's good books out there that actually will help me understand this, you know? And there's the Holy Spirit. Right. Prayerfully reading the scriptures. Right. Which, by the way, bare As... face, I mean, yeah, explain your, how you grew in your faith, Randall. That's, I mean. Well, well, that's it. Just, just prayerfully reading the scriptures. Um, you know, I, I, of course, I came to faith because the Lord <laughs> called me, basically. Um, told me to read the scriptures. Holy Spirit impressed upon my mind that I should read the Bible. I did. Mm -hmm. And it spoke to me uh, where I was at. And I was uh, impressed by this Jesus. Got involved in, in a church, ultimately. And then um, the pastor, who used the New American Standard Bible. And I had the Old King James. I bought The most it. awesome version is the New American Standard. Well... Um, yeah, and I, I have the old King James because <laughs> that's what I read. I know, I know a lot of you already know that, but anyway, go and I have the old King James because it had a zipper cover. I thought, well, okay. And I'm follower of Christ. Now I need my own Bible. I went to a Bible, Bible bookstore and, and I thought, well, I wanted one that I could carry with me read, you know, that wouldn't get messed up. So I wanted a zipper cover and what they had, I picked that one. It was King James. I didn't know anything about translations, anything like that. I was just looking for the zipper cover Bible. Uh, got that. And anyway, and in this in this congregation where the pastor was teaching on the New American Standard Bible, a pretty good translation of the Alexandrian um, family of texts, which not, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. I'm not going to go down that road tonight. Thank you. But I he, find that conversation slightly snoozeville. I know, I know, I shouldn't say that, but I do. Anyway, <laughs> maybe because I've heard it a lot. That's probably he, he why. would often say that. Well, a better word, you know, better translation might be, and he'd say whatever word, and I look at well, that's that's the word that I have in my translation here. Well, he'd say a better word for that would be, and I'd look. It's like, well, that's the word here. Mama, which... Mama Genius says NAS is great. I've done the comparison to the original. NAS is the best. It is actually. Anyway, and so, so it got me to thinking. Well, you know, well, different translations have different word, and he, the pastor, is like a better word would be, and I'm seeing that word in my translation. And so I'm thinking, well, that's kind of interesting. It got me thinking about, well, translations. Well, why are we, why are we dealing with translations and like this kind of thing? What is, what is the original language all about? And I was fortunate to have a roommate that had many resources. One of them, including um, a paperback workbook that was learn New Testament Greek in 30 minutes a day. I wasn't disciplined enough to finish that entire workbook, but I learned enough to. You know, learn the alphabet and a handful of words and, and verbs. And I can't parse a sentence to save my life, you know, as far as... You mood. could if you had to save your life. I bet you could. I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> mood, tense, and voice of Greek verbs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was good. And then 
man, just resources like that and Strong's Concordance and then an opportunity. I knew that, uh, learned that a, a <laughs> Messianic synagogue was having Hebrew classes and it's like, you know, you, sign me up for that. And... You, you want to, do you remember Haley's Handbook of the Bible? I know of it. Okay. I'm, so a couple of, couple of weeks ago, I was talking to somebody and um, they were telling me a little bit about how they recently started studying the Bible and they, they, uh, they actually invited me to teach them the Bible. So I, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll have to set up a time to do that. But, but they mentioned Haley's Handbook of the Bible and I, I started to laugh because they asked me if I knew what it was. <laughs> and yeah, and here's the thing, Haley's Handbook of, Haley's Handbook of the Bible, Haley's study handbook i forgot the exact title but it's haley's mm. if you know anything about like study materials from like 30 years ago in the 80s 35 years ago i guess i don't know anyway haley's was like the go-to handbook that mm. that people would use to study in the bible just like the thompson the thompson's uh, chain reference bible right, was really popular well. and the strong's concordance you know it's like if you were really deeply theological and in serious bible study you would you would actually go to the christian bookstore which mostly don't exist anymore you guys which is another problem mm -hmm. uh, because what happened was and the devil's good and i believe that was part of it Christian bookstores started just like Christian radio. Christian radio, when it initially started, it was it was airing sermons. And then somebody got brilliant and just started talking about Christian talk radio. Okay, so we do that. And then we introduced Christian, Christian music, music. You know, and then the... It started off pretty good, but... Right, then... right. You know, anyway, the point is... Now you got to look for it a little bit harder, but like Sean is saying, you can go to Amazon. Until yeah. they ban it. Right. Yeah, and then I spent like several hundred dollars on BibleSoft software. Yep, Logos Came is on, great. Wasn't Logos? It was from BibleSoft. They're in, they're in uh, Washington State somewhere. But uh, came in five and a quarter diskettes, five and a quarter inch diskettes. You know. Yep. Um, yep. Hey, John. All that stuff you can find for free online now. All those. Uh, yeah. All those study helps and. I actually spent that and and just learning that the best commentary in scripture is scripture. Is scripture. Right. It's it's cohesive. Yep. Um I remember it's... I even I even paid hundreds of dollars for the Logos study software and I gave it to a pastor that at our last church in California and that little butthead. <laughs> Don't he tell had, you really he never it. used it. He's a butthead, you know? It's like whatever, anyway. Uh, yeah, Christian book distributors are still in business. You can go to christianbook.com. They're great. I actually get a lot of stuff at Christian Book still. Uh, let me just finish this article. Uh, okay, it says here, It is my prayer that today's church will start to take seriously once again the need to equip young Christians with a faith that is intellectually robust and theologically sound so that they might be able to stand strong in the face of the growing opposition to the gospel so that instead of being the victims of, today, of society's rampant secularism, they will become the agents of its demise through the truth of God's word and the power of his spirit. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish every argument and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, I have to tell and you... A shout out <clears throat> to uh, Kevin, I don't know, it's Symington or Symington? Looks like Symington to me. Symington. But here's the thing, I will say... Authored this article. This is why, um, four years ago, when we, when we launched on Periscope... We launched Daily Disciples, right? We talked about every day how, 
how, um, you know, it's important to be a daily disciple of Christ. Because when you think about the youth of today, and even let's just be honest, anybody, um, the average person consumes media, secular media, hours, eight hours a day. I mean, even probably more for a lot of it, right? How many hours are we consuming in God's word? One hour? That would be awesome. One hour a day would be great, right? But you take that and you compare one hour, let's say we'll be generous. It's not actually. I mean, it's it's most Christians don't spend that much time. But let's say you are one hour a day in God's word compared to eight hours being dumped on from the secular world. And I'm that's a low number, by the way. But still, you see that, you know, you're you're this to that. It's like if you are not being trained here with this little hour, then it's no wonder you can get devoured by the world system because because that's what you're seeing. That's why I don't watch TV. People ask me, well, well, have you seen blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, nope. You know what I consume? I get on YouTube. YouTube is my number one app on my phone that I use uh, besides my Legal Shield one um, that I use every day. But YouTube, I watch YouTube videos of pastors and um, Bible teachers that are solid theologically. Uh, and I listen to, um, you know, solid theological, couple some podcasts. That's what I, I put in my head. I'm just, like, because to me, that's life giving. I'm not going to, you know, um, devour uh, 10 hours of news and get all depressed. You know, that's what people watch. I, oh, I don't want to watch politics. I I don't blame you, man. Oh, that's all I can do is watch politics. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're getting the, you know, it's like, why would I want to hear the same stinking thing over and over again? Only for it's the few fuel my flesh of getting mad at the system. I'm not in the world. I'm of, I'm, you know, I'm in the world. I'm not of it. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> you know, and it's not like I have an escapist attitude. I know exactly what's going on especially in the Christian world and, you know, Christians worldwide are being slaughtered. I mean, we talked about that last night. By the way, I should thank Denise for thanking me for covering it because years ago when I covered this, people wouldn't even listen to it. At least there's a remnant now who will talk about Christian persecution. And, you know, it's going to it's gonna hit America. It will hit America at some point, and America is going to fall. I don't care who our president is. Because at some point, the rapture is going to take place. And, you know, there is a growing apostasy where people even don't even believe the rapture. I mean, when I first got saved, that was a hot topic, like way back then, you know. But now it's like, well, no, we don't want to believe that. I'm like, well, what is the point then? If you if you don't believe in the second coming of Christ and Jesus coming back and the rapture taking place... Why are you believing anything? I mean, because just saying, I mean, there's evidence for the resurrection. That's obvious if you just look at it, you know. And if all the prophecies of the Bible have been fulfilled up until this point, do you really think God's going to go, oh, you know, I'm just tired. You know what? That this These few prophecies that are left, eh. Um, yeah, now nah, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I'm not going to. I. You know what? The second coming thing, we'll just leave them hanging. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Changed my mind. <laughs> do you think God would do that? No, <laughs> he wouldn't. Because God doesn't lie. He doesn't change.
First Corinthians fifteen nine, and if in if in Christ we have hope only in this life, we are of all people most to be pitied. Right. I mean, what's yeah? What's the point? If if your hope in Christ is only for this life, then yeah, yeah. The, the resurrection is is everything. Promise of our resurrection and His return. If He didn't. If it didn't rise again, he couldn't return. So, and here's the challenge too. I will, I will add this, and and that is that. Look, you know, right now I'm mentoring a number a number of women, and I can tell you that part of growing as a person in general, and this is part of the reason I actually love Legal Shield, really, um, is because the personal development that you get as a business person is one thing, but as a believer, it's easily integrated. You can integrate your own, your own personal growth. How do you know? I mean, let me ask you this. If you were a chef, right? And you were, you were learning to cook chicken, let's say grilled chicken in a specific type of way. You're going to get the chicken at first. You're going to chop it up. You're going to put some olive oil in the pan, maybe some seasonings, herbs and seasonings, and you're going to begin to cook this chicken, right? Let's say the first day you cooked it, it was like, eh, you know, whatever. It, it ended up edible, but it wasn't delicious because you didn't quite cook the chicken perfect because it wasn't like the fall apart, like delicious, you know, like chicken that tastes okay so let's now say that you get a helper coming in to help you and he's a five-star chef you know he's been cooking forever and you know 30 years let's just say he's been a chef and he comes in and he decides to help you cook your chicken every day right so the first day he comes in he says you know you might need a different pan I don't think that pan is helping you because the fire, it's not even, it's not even on this particular pan. And so maybe we need to get you a tool, a better pan. So that chef teaches you about the pan to cook your chicken and you end up cooking, you know, you start cooking and it's like good. The next day he's like, okay, next lesson. Um, you know, you might want to use a different type of oil. Let's say olive oil isn't the perfect, maybe you need sesame seed oil for this particular restaurant. Uh, or this recipe so you get a lighter oil and just a little bit and maybe add just a touch of wine maybe like that much and you mix it in there and then you know you go ahead and you try again it's not perfect but the third day as he's coming in he's trying to teach you how to cook this chicken great he is telling you every day something that you can make better maybe the flame was too high the last time let's turn it down just a little bit and see how it works my point is, that's what daily discipleship is. If you are accountable to somebody and you're willing to be teachable and coachable, then you will grow in your faith and you will be able to endure situations that you normally wouldn't be able to endure. You know, if you take God's word and you take one verse and parse it, take it apart, look at it. Rip out the word, look at the Greek or the Hebrew and look at what that word means and just meditate on that and let it sink into your soul and allow yourself to marinate in that. Then then that is going to change who you are. And then God is going to give you the opportunity to apply it to your life. Believe me on that one. <laughs> you know, that's that's how you move forward. That's how you get unstuck, you know. And the thing about being a disciple is that 
if you're in community with people who are honest and not liars and people who really want to grow, guess what? You're going to grow. You will grow. And that's why I love in, in the book of Acts, you know, where it talks about the, the first, the church, when it was first established, it said that they met daily, that they were in God's word daily. They broke bread daily. They were in fellowship daily, you know, and yeah, we can have it here online. I mean, you know, we have this great community. Last night, um, Pastor Rick Costa and the Ellos and Becky um, and Jason did a periscope, you know, in case you didn't see it, it was pretty cool, um, you know, where they broke bread together in person. It's great. That community has been born on, on online. You can have that fellowship in person, but you know, it's even more rich if you're in person with your, your local community and you're, you're in a position where, you know, there is that accountability where, okay, if you need prayer, pick up the phone and call that person, you know, not the gossip, but actually to pray. You know, if you want to move forward, don't be ashamed. Pick up the phone. Hey, text somebody. You know, that's why I like the, 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 the unstuck club call that I do Monday through Thursday, because it gives us an opportunity to say, okay, what'd you do? You know, I'm not going to judge you. It's, it's no different than going to an AA meeting if you're a recovering alcoholic. And, you know, a lot of people bag that, but you know what? I think there's a lot of great stuff that comes out of the 12 steps because, um, these people, know that in order to, to, to succeed and, and overcome whatever it is that they're struggling with, they need that accountability and the church doesn't have it. That's why the church is so ineffective, I think, in America. Um, so that's why I like our show. I like our show. We don't reach millions of people or even tens of thousands, but you know what? Those of you who tune in and you actually apply anything that we share or our guests share that we have on here, your life is going to change. Um, and I've seen lives change. I wish I could share all the stories that I have, you know, especially in the last four years of how people's lives have changed as a result of what God has done through the show. Um, that's the only reason I do it because there are days I'm like, you know, forget it. <laughs> I don't have it in me, God, but he does. And he can change it. Hey, Pastor Garrett. Nice to see you there. Um, you know, uh, yeah, anyway, so with that said, of course, Ariel Ministries, great theological Bible source here that we tell you about every time we're on the air. Of course, you're seeing it scroll down also on our uh, page there. You can go to ariel.org and save 20% on any of the stuff there they have in their store. Is, you know, MP3 worth, you know, $3? Uh, you know, you can buy it, save 20%. There's no excuse. There's there's savings on $3 products. There's savings on $50 products, you know, go check it out. There's always, there's always a reason to give yourself something. So, or give it to a friend. Uh, and they got some really good come and see Bible studies there. You can, you can get, and, and they're not hard. They're not hard. Just take the time to do it. That's, you know, shut off big brother or whatever it is that you watch and take the time to do the Bible study instead. I'm doing it. I'm doing a Bible study. Uh, with my church that's going to start up. I already actually started my study. I'm, I'm halfway through the first week and we haven't even started it yet. I'm like, I told Randall, I said, I might be done with the book before we actually start the study <laughs> together. But anyway, um, but yeah, there's just take the time to do it. And then um, uh, if you want to donate to us just because you love us, like many of you do, um, you can donate via 
uh, BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give, whatever you'd like to give. Uh, and or uh, what's that other website? Give, send, go. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Here give, it comes right now. Give, send, go. Uh, dot com forward slash Bible News Radio. I think I think Denise has donated over there. Uh, when you give over there, that's like a Christian GoFundMe site, except they don't ban Christians like GoFundMe does. <laughs> that's why Give Send Go is a good place to give if you want. Uh, if you want to worry less and live more and sign up for Legal Shield uh, or learn more about identity theft protection, uh, I may be starting a weekly. Um, uh, presentation of my own. I'm not sure about that, but just contact me if you want more information on that. Uh, that would be super great. If you want to get on my text message list, text uh, Bible News to 33222. We all love you. You're just so sweet and lovable. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody thinks that, Gina, but <laughs> the overwhelming majority do buy into that propaganda that I put out there, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can text Bible News to 33. Two two two, and uh, and if you use uh, essential oil and you want to use Spark Naturals essential oil, great for allergies. You can use the coupon code John three sixteen at SparkNaturals.com. So you can do any of that. And if you're you know, a heretic and you don't like that I actually shared how I how you can donate and give us money, then what I can tell you is that you can shut your face and go somewhere else. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure you get paid for something, right? Uh, anyway. Uh, so, there you have it, people. Yep. Um, okay, we got about 10 minutes. So, do you want to cover the next story? Uh, which would be the next one? Well, you know, I did want to point out that Sarah Huckabee now is going to be over on Fox News. Um, there is an article over there talking about that. She, she's joining Fox News as a commentator. That's just the headline. I'm sure already most of you already know that because most of you probably watch TV and I don't. Um, and then there was another article over on CanadaFreePress.com that I kind of thought was interesting that was titled, What's Happened to the Drudge Report? And um, this is this was an interesting article, I thought, because... Remember in 1998 when Matt Drudge, who is a homosexual, by the way, uh, exposed Bill Clinton for having sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky, you know? And anyway, you remember when, when that happened and all of a sudden the Drudge Report became the place to go because, you know, he broke this story and it really put him on the map. Well, the article here, um, it's interesting the author of this, Lee Carey, writes, <clears throat> Drudge's move to the land of tabloidia has been underway for some time now. It didn't start with Trump. Can't, can't be blamed on him. Um, and it is interesting. He wrote here, um, To borrow a line from a Buffalo Springfield song, there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Have you noticed what's been happening on the Drudge Report? It's gone tabloid, as in featuring stories of violence, crime, or scandal presented in a sensational manner. <coughs> Add bizarre to the list. Drudge's move to the land of tabloidia has been underway for some time now. It didn't start with Trump. Can't be blamed on him. For evidence of relocation, we need only examine the articles teased on the site's homepage beginning at 1,000 hours on 22 August 2019. I don't know if that's 10 o'clock hours. I don't know. 
1,000 hours? Well, whatever. Anyway. <clears throat> says here, top of the list, 85-year-old woman, five elderly men arrested for sex in park, claimed to be wrongly accused. Leave the old folks alone. I don't even want to imagine the scene. Tarantino expecting first child. Intrigue. Send me on the hunt for a pregnant male only to learn it's his wife who's expecting. Birth happens often. So what? <laughs> Life like robots closer to reality. A lot of robot articles have been showing up on the site. Makes one wonder, have robots taken over editing the Drudge Report? Maybe because next we read that humanoid commands Russian rocket test flight. Maybe it was Russian humanoids who colluded with Trump. <laughs> Blood test predicts whether you'll die in the next 10 years. So does that mean there will be a blood test sometime in the next 10 years that will predict your death or that it can now predict if you have 0 to 10 years to live? Inquiring minds want to know. Wouldn't you want to take that? Hey, yeah. You know, hey, am I going to die? Hmm. Just saying. Interesting. Breitbart is why the Drudge Report stopped being relevant. Hashtag page clicks. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, Bright. there are so many better sites out there anyway. Frontpagemag.com is good. Uh, that deals with a lot of the Islamic issues. Breitbart is good. You have cnsnews.com, which I also like. Um, the Realclearpolitics.com used to be good for, for um, stuff. I tend to look at alternative Christian media sites often. I don't like the Christian Post website. I, I hate their site uh, because they are nothing but clickbait and negative news about the church. It drives me up a wall because it's like, really? Wow, why don't we just like expose all the crap in the church on the Christian Compost website? That's what I call it. I call it Christian Compost because it's nothing but poo, you know, stuff that compost is made of. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I do think it's interesting. Uh, Bareface, what do you, what do you think of the, the, the thing? I think what Drudge has done too is I think he's, he's tied a lot of InfoWars type, type news into his site. I haven't visited it in weeks, if not months. Yeah. But if this sampling is a representative sampling. It's true, actually. You know, um. I keep moving. <laughs> I like his commentary. Newsweek. Time to rethink taboo on cannibalism? Short answer, no. <laughs> Great volcano could end human life on Earth as we know it. Okay, then let's not have one. And if we do, perhaps the humanoids will inherit what's left. Anyway, but, yeah, those kind of, they are the kind of things you'd expect to see on the cover of the Inquirer or... Or whatever. Hey, the Inquirer actually, you know, for, for his actually... <laughs> My mom used to, okay, I grew up in a house where my mom bought the Inquirer, and she she bought Star. Yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> Star and the Inquirer, she bought the the TV Guide when, remember when the TV Guide actually had, you know, like, pictures? I used to collect the TV Guide. Now, what's funny is the TV Guide, uh, you know, those would be classic collector's items. Now, the TV Guides, the actual TV Guide, because back, back then... No, that would be really that would be interesting history. Yeah, but I mean collectors. I mean, there's only there were only seven several million in print at any time. So I know, but who? That's who, not rare. But who's kept it? I, don't know. I mean, the TV is no longer what it used to be. No, it used to be ABC, it's CBS. So much better. <laughs> yeah, we're now on TV, kind of. Okay, so Gina said here that. Like, wait, hold on, I'm gonna read this. <clears throat> I need to pull it closer to me. Um. 
She said, I recently found a YouTube channel of a trans woman that I like. Weird, huh? <laughs> uh, Obama is laughing with his Muslims at y'all. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, Wait, she says wait. she calls out trans stupidity. She calls out abuse. It's okay to be white. If you uh, have TV guides, you are a hoarder. I, <laughs> now, I don't, but I used to. I used to have them. I'm here to confess my gender confusion confusion. Oh, no. Uh, trans woman is that someone who's biologically a, male yes and okay i, yes. I, I but for some reason i have a hard time keeping this straight trans woman is That's that a woman is. who's transitioning or yes. man is trans or a transition yeah i don't know trans trans, trans to woman is a man pretending to be a woman so that which we call a trans woman apparently <laughs> apparently you don't know well that's yeah i don't know it is what it is, people. Yeah, it is. All right. So my mom used to get Psychology Today. They had the best illustrations ever. Yeah, I actually used to get that. I actually did. <laughs> now I'm, you know what? Do not point out when I say a word a lot because then it just distracts me in my head. <laughs> drives me. Oh, shut up. <laughs> just, but you, but if you, I die, it's going to have on my tombstone. Just but, so you know, she actually said the word blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, okay. But, you know, you don't say that one <sighs> anymore. It's it's cool. You actually had someone, like, on fire record, just so you know. I did, actually. Just so you know, you're listening to <laughs> I didn't even know I said the word actually a lot until you pointed it out. Dang it. <laughs> All it's, right. It's, it's not a problem. No? It's not a problem. It's, it's, it's like a, I say rune instead of ruin. It's a, it's, it's a trademark. It's a trademark. Uh, or, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, and it's a marketing piece, you know. For a while, you know, Burger King has to come out with the Impossible Burger, and, you know, it's something every once in a while, you know, to do something <laughs> to kind of keep renewed interest, and you have a... You have the different branding, you know. First, so, it's just so you know. Then just, it's yeah, you did, and then it's and still yeah, it's, you now, do. yeah, you did. yeah, yeah, but not does. not as much. Now everybody echoes the kind of like now. You know. Now it's actually. So let me ask you something, audience, that you are, because you are, aren't you? <laughs> if you are gonna brand Bible News Radio, right? If you were like gonna describe us bareface and me and like a little paragraph or one or two sentences what would you say i'm i'm serious i want to know put it in the comments what you would say you know as concisely as you can i mean obviously it's hard to type stuff out but um because because this show really didn't end up how i anticipated it to show you know to end up just so you know <laughs> Uh, all right, and this is a reminder, if you came in late, tomorrow night we're not having a program at 8 o'clock because um, my friend is coming in out of town and she's going to be spending the night with us, <clears throat> her and her dog, actually. She told me, oh, by the way, I have my dog with me. Is that a problem? <laughs> I don't think my cat will mind. My dogs won't care. Um, but so probably we're going to figure out when we'll we'll do another show to make up for Sunday night not being there. Uh, just so you know. But I'm waiting for the branding to see how it's coming. Yeah. Or you can just email me later if it, it's easier just to type in actual email. I did it again. I used the word actual again. 
Yeah. You know, I was thinking the other day, I, yesterday I was at this meeting, and I know our time's almost, our time is up, but whatever. Yesterday I was at this funeral home, and um, I was at a networking meeting where a orthopedic surgeon gave the talk. I can't remember if I told you this. But anyway, he was um, talking about knee replacements and hip replacements and stuff like that. Very interesting conversation, actually. I learned a lot. <laughs> I actually really did. And uh, anyway, um, and at one point, did I, did I share this yesterday on the air? I can't remember. Well, anyway, at one point, somebody was asking about glucosamine and chondritin, you know, and whether or not they would recommend people take it because, you know, he is, after all, an orthopedic surgeon. And he's like, yeah, you could take it. You know, it will help a little bit. And so I'm sitting there and there's about 30 people in the room almost. And and I thought, ooh, I'm going to sound intelligent. I'm going to ask a question of the orthopedic surgeon now because, you know, I wanted to know. So I asked him a question about water on the knee, what that meant. Uh, he answered that um, because years ago I was diagnosed with water on the knee. Um, my knees don't give me any problems, actually. Um, but... Then I, I said, after the person who was talking about glucosamine, <laughs> I raised my hand and I said, so I have a question. He's like, yes, your question. I said, I said, what about collagen? What about collagen? Can you, can you address the issue of collagen? Now, it was funny because the room laughed, right? The whole room laughed. They all busted up laughing. And, and he looked at me like, <laughs> what the hell does collagen have to do with this? <laughs> and and it was a polite like what the hell does collagen have to do with this? You know, so <laughs> and 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 I and I'm sitting there and I'm actually in the front, right? I'm at a table in the front, like I'm as close to this guy as you can possibly get almost. And there's tables behind me and I am waiting for the orthopedic surgeon's response to my question about collagen and I said <laughs> and I said I said well hey I'm asking you this question I said yeah it probably doesn't really have anything to do with knees or <laughs> hip replacement I said I was just told by somebody that you know you can take <laughs> collagen and you if you take collagen it will actually help you with leaky gut and <laughs> he was he, he was like I could see that <laughs> anyway I share all that just to share with you people that years ago that would have totally I would have been like oh no the whole room was laughing at me, and this doctor is too, but it was kind of all fun. It was like levity, you know, and and that is what this show is about, people. Not being afraid to look stupid in front of the masses, but at the same time make a powerful point when pertinent. <clears throat> so I'm guessing nobody, not one person, knows how to brand this. Did, did I tell you the story, Randall, that I just yes, said? Yes, you did. <laughs> You're leaning out of. Brain. I know. I gotta get back uh, there. Okay. Anyway, so, do, you line, that, how, do you think that's funny? The, how about the How about the tagline? Inexplicably entertaining. 
Do you know how hard that would be to say? Inexplicably entertaining. Entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. I always thought that we dealt with serious topics with a light, light touch. touch. Yeah. Then he have said something. Yeah. Almost verbatim to that. No commentary on the college and comment, really, people. Seriously, I give of myself. I open my heart. All that. <laughs> and Tommy just came in and invited people. Hey, thanks for coming in, Tommy. <clears throat> so I have a question, Tommy. Me and Bearface were talking about how we should set up a time to meet you. We should talk. We should, we should talk. We're gonna. How would you guys like it if me and Tommy did a broadcast together? Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, like in person, that would be cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what would you say, Tommy? Okay, we're gonna go longer because Tommy is now here just for a minute. What what would you say about, you know, <clears throat> how would you describe this show, you know, knowing how completely, you know, developed it is, you know, yeah. I mean, I just got done sharing about how orthopedic surgeon I asked about collagen in the middle of a conversation about knee replacements. <laughs> You do know why that's funny, right, Randall? Well, I mean, hey, you got a medical doctor there giving <laughs> dispensing free advice, you know. Why not? Hey, it hurts when I do this, or you know. Well, you should have heard some of the other questions that was funny. Diet, or what do you think? Oh. You, uh, you know, so hey, why not? Well, I am going to next time I see this guy, I'm going to say, hey, remember me? I talked about collagen with you, just so you know. I did. You remember. Yep. Well, just like Dr. Ben Carson yeah. remembered the magnet. Mm -hmm. I always remember the magnet. Famous quote from Dr. Ben Carson because he was on our show. Yeah, he was. So there you have it. Okay, well, our show is over, people. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> no show tomorrow because my bestie is coming in. And uh, we will going. We will go ahead and figure out what day we're going to surprise you with the show during the week. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I think that's it. I think it. I think that's it. I beat. I did not play Bareface and Pickleball today, but Bareface I heard played very good today. Just so you know. Good to know. I know you care. By the way, Pickleball Faith, my book. Let me just give you one last little thought about that. My book is not done yet. But this week, I actually um, sat down and I wrote the hardest part of this book. I wrote, and, it, and I'm just going to say, I really want to get this book out by my birthday. A friend of mine is kind of trying to push me to get it out by next, by next month. It would be very tight if I do it next month. But what I will say is that part of the reason that I have been putting off finishing this book is because I wanted to add in it um, a dedication to my friend Joe that died earlier this year. And I wanted to write about all of the stuff that happened at his funeral, 
or his memorial and and my relationship with him. <clears throat> and I wrote it this week. It was really difficult, actually. Uh, I cried like for an hour as I was writing it all out. And I told Randall, actually, I, I read it to Rand Randall, what did you think of that part when I read it to you? You know, because so here's the thing, you know, Randall will answer that in just a second. But it's for, moving. for me, this book isn't it's not about pickleball. It's about God moving in my life and the lives of the people that I play pickleball with. Um, it's a very personal book. Uh, you know, you're going to if you get a copy of my book when it comes out soon, I guarantee you that. You may, you might you go, oh my gosh, she's so freaking judgmental. <laughs> or you might go, oh my gosh, I can't believe she actually put that in the book if she's writing about what God did and told to her to do and how she did this, that, and blah, blah, blah. Um, it will move you, I hope. I mean, I really do, because I just want you to know there's like a lot, of, there's some laughter there, but really it's, the overall tone of this book is very like, like, don't do this. God did this to teach me so that you don't do that, <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm actually right now I'm trying to end it because it's only about 70 pages long and I want it to be about a hundred kind of to make it official like it's a hundred page book, but I'm having a hard time ending it. And so that's kind of the holdup. So you guys like go ahead and and pray for me as God will give me, you know, the clarity on how to close it. No, I did not include the foot foot joke in the book, but I could. <laughs> I could do that. Um, uh, and because a friend of mine who's an author, he told me this week, he said, you know what, Stacy, don't, don't push the book to be done by when this guy wants it done. Push it to be done when God wants it done. Um, and it's close, but I'm I'm just saying that part of the hang up for me has been that I did not want to go there with the pain of writing about my friend Joe. Um, but I think you'll enjoy it um, when you when you read the story. I think you will, and I think I think it will touch you. At least I hope so. So coming soon, pickleball faith coming soon to a Amazon bookstore near you. <laughs> All right. Okay. So with that said, now, now we're, now we're done. Um, Tommy, are you coming on now or do you come on on Saturday? I don't No, You don't come on Saturday. You take time off on the weekend. So never mind, people. Don't go watch Tommy because she's not going to be on. Um, but yeah, go and watch the archives like I do. All right, people. Remember, be bold, stand up and go with God. And don't forget, you know, that, uh, you know, we go ahead and share, you know, share the gospel with somebody, you know, and open the book and read it. Bible, the Bible, read, read the Bible. <laughs> All right. All right. That's it. We'll see you sometime this week. I don't know when, but we'll let you know. <laughs>